I'm Charlie, and I like Bowie. I'm Jake, and I love Dylan. And contrary to popular belief, we actually listen to other types of music every once in a while. So as we reached the end of Bowie versus Dylan and our ridiculous goal of ranking their careers and making them compete against each other for some reason, that we that we think we can do the same for every other musical artist in existence. So here's introducing Louder Than Sound, our new podcast series in which two brothers, who have mostly similar but sometimes dissimilar taste in music, ask each other to absorb some of their favorite albums based on idiosyncratic themes they likewise force each other to consider. There'll be music! Or at least the description of music due to prohibitive copyright considerations. There'll be points given! Even though it's rhetorical to objectively rank purely subjective mediums. There'll be performative petty squabbles amongst the hosts that occasionally turn into actual hurt feelings. Shut up, Chaz! You always do this to me! Must you be so cruel? So, Jake, what is Louder Than Sound? It can only be the podcast called Louder Than Sound, available on Podbean on November 6th, and making its way to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts on November 13th. And now, on to Bowie vs. Dylan. <laughs> it's Bowie vs. Dylan. Is this you and I am Bowie? Am I killing? I hope it's not a blowy or a villain. Hello and welcome to a wild and wooly in-person, for our reasons we can't explain, version of Bowie versus Dylan. I'm Charlie and I like Bowie. I'm Jake and I love Dylan. And uh, we're looking at the year 2016 today. It is our last episode with a year in the title. Can you believe that? Who doggy? Yep. And, uh, and so we're going to talk about that, but we just have to say that uh, Charlie and I, for the second time ever in the 63 to 64 episodes that we've done, this I can never 60, remember. This is episode 63 right here. 63 are staring at each other. Yeah. Even Actually in this, near each other. Even in this, uh, at the time of recording, uncertain time with mm-hmm. the COVID and everything. And we also have a special guest. It's our studio audience. It's our mother. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. She refuses to golf clap. We've talked with her about it. She's just <laughs> We're too all outside. Loud. I want everyone to know that. We're, yeah. you know, we're, we're keeping it real. We're keeping it really real. That's right. Hey, guys, don't call the cops on us in November when this comes out for violating <laughs> state law that no one will be enforcing or whatever is going on around here. Uh, what are you drinking for beer there, Chas? I've got a Finnegan's local Minneapolis brewery. Finnegan's kick to the herb hemp pale ale. Wow. I know. That's kind of crazy. It actually is pretty good. Like All right. That. And uh, I have an Insight Brewing, which is right here in the also Twin local. Cities, luring the Lord of the Lock. <laughs> a little much on the name there, but it is a hazy India pale ale, and it is a tall boy. And so for that, mom applauds you. Excellent. All right. Excellent. All right. Chaz, why don't you let us know what David Bowie was doing or not doing in 2016? 2016, it's a a year. Uh, A lot of you are going to figure out pretty darn quick what happened in 2016 and why we chose it as our last year. We have one more episode after this, but our main run is our last year. Surprises are running running Um, short. Let's let's give us throw some dates here. We're gonna talk about what happened in 2016. 2016 was a really big darn year for Bowie. Um, on January 8th, eight days into the year of 2016, 
<laughs> Bowie turned 69 years old. Oh, 69. I know. I know. And the exact same day of his 69th birthday, he releases uh, a little album by the name of Black Star. Ever heard of it? Ever. I have. An incredible <laughs> album. Uh, unbelievable. So we're, we're, that's January 8th. January 8th, Bowie turns 69, Black Star's release. January 9th, because I had it pre-ordered, I got it on January 8th. Boom. January 8th and 9th, I listened to Black Star like 20 times, because it's a really awesome album. And not very long. So big comeback. That combo means... Uh, a big, oh, big comeback. comeback. Big comeback. January 10th, I don't know if you remember this, Jake, but I do. I texted you, calling it, right then and there, this was his best album since Scary Monsters, 1980. Best album in 26 years. 36 years. No. 36 years. 36 years. 36 big years. Um, that it was that good. I don't think you responded. You probably weren't paying attention. You were probably ghosting me at the time. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. What have I ever ghosted you? January 11th is a Monday morning. Um, my wife gets up early with her one-year-old. It was her turn to get up with him, and he gets up really early, like 5.30, 5.30. Uh, she wakes me up at 5.30. I'm like, what's going on here? I don't need to get up yet for work to let me know that Bowie died. Mm-hmm. It hit the news Monday morning. He actually had died the previous day, um, but it was announced, you know, overnight. Got all the news cycle in the morning um, and thought I should know before I headed off to work, which I appreciate because... Yeah, very nice. And this is so weird because, I mean, this was so sudden. There was absolutely no news whatsoever that he'd been sick. Nothing was going on. And right. all those years of the day vacation, there was endless speculation oh, yeah. that he was sick, that something was going on. Uh, the Flaming Lips released a song called Is David Bowie Dying? Mm-hmm. Which is a great song, by the way. With, there was there with was Neon a, Indian, I think. There was an there was an absolute like, it was one of the first hoaxes that actually broke through, that I remember, that everyone thought David Bowie was dead. Oh, and I like don't. 20, I don't remember that. He was maybe 20, dead. 29 or tw- two thousand ten, something like that. I remember yeah, reading some sense. articles about how people. It really seemed like he was actually gone. Okay, and, and I never heard that. It was a big mystery that. and all this stuff. I heard stuff, a lot about people thinking that he was dying, that he yeah. was really sick. I mean, he left the stage in 2004 after having a heart attack on stage, so Correct. that was a big deal. But he, w- he was fine the whole time. He didn't actually was diagnosed with cancer until 2014, after his 2013 comeback with the next day. Yes. Um, so he died of liver cancer. That wasn't even known for a while, like what? That wasn't an announcement. But uh, it all came out with the official announcement on the website was David Bowie died peacefully today surrounded by his family after a courageous 18-month battle with cancer. While many of you will share in this loss, we ask that you respect the family's privacy during their time of grief. End of message. That's that it. was it. That was it. That's it. But it was official at that point. It was official at that point, okay. yep. And so it went out to all the major news. It was... But that's all it was. That's all it said on the official website. That was that was it. Wow. It was sure, really sweet. like you and I had talked. I remember us talking more than once about what it would be like when one when Bob Dylan or David Bowie died. Right. And as you know, never like having a clear idea. And then this came so suddenly, so completely out of the blue. Mm-hmm. And I remember being so excited about Blackstar and how good it was, and thinking like, this is it. He's just he's ready for another amazing run. I remember thinking, like, right now he's not touring or anything. Because I've never actually seen David Bowie live. I didn't become a fan right. of his, a big fan of his, until after he stopped touring and he hadn't in 2004. Toured no, he hadn't yeah. he stopped touring. His last live shows were in 2004. His last full live shows. He played a couple random songs, but that was it. I remember thinking, like, oh, man, you know, give him a couple years. Ooh, yeah, let's do he it. says he's not going to tour now. He'll, he'll tour. Come again. on. He'll, he'll tour. He'll, 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 he'll need the greatest hits parade. And I was thinking like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll get <laughs> I'll get to see Bowie, and he'll be off of the back of a great album, not just after like a mediocre or a pretty good No, it'll be a great album. Yeah. It didn't happen. And uh, bummer. 
it feels so strange even now like I feel just just a tiny bit choked up which is so strange this is a guy I've never met not even didn't, close. you know who had not the slightest idea that I existed mm-hmm. and it's so strange to to mourn someone you never met you mm-hmm. didn't know yeah that's a different that's a different kind um, I can only think of two celebrities that I've ever really like mourned for and the other one was much more obscure it was an uh, an, uh, an author named uh, Harvey Pekar who is almost all of his work he's a comic book writer but almost all of his work was autobiographical so those of you were really into his work you feel like you know him really well because you read about his life for decades you know he wrote these autobiographies so I remember when that one when he died which was also not very long after our father's death which made it all more That's difficult mm-hmm. um, but I think those are only two like celebrities I've ever cried for their deaths ever hmm. cried for just a little bit just a little oh, tear just yeah. a little tear yeah I but it's strange that. and I you know I feel like whenever you know you're convinced Bob Dylan will never die which we all are well but I, you, you know, know he wouldn't tell us about it even if he did <laughs> you know we'd all assume he was out there in Brazil or something continuing to tour <laughs> he'll die continue I, touring for six or seven years after I can't that. remember maybe I'm missing something but I think maybe the most impactful celebrity death that I've ever had because I think we're both the same in that we don't we don't connect with the celebrity no, culture. No, no, this and it's, isn't a big deal. It's not because they're celebrities. We've just spent so much time, even before this podcast, you know, loving loving right. each of these guys' music. Probably, weirdly, even though I can't remember specifically crying, like maybe like Kurt Cobain or something like that. When oh, I was going back to teenage, kid, yeah. Yeah, when I was a teenager. Yeah. And that was kind of a... I mean, well, that it was, was so sudden. It was so like... It was shocking, you know, a it was suicide. coming of age type thing, yeah. So, right, yeah. and I had just yeah. gotten into their music a couple years before, and but that was also there was such a terrible, in retrospect, there was such a terrible manufacturing of that, of that morning, um, and some sort of commercialization of it that mm-hmm. ended up feeling icky. But at the time, I didn't know any of that mm-hmm. stuff. So, so um, the response to Bowie's death was gigantic. It was huge. I remember that. Uh, like I can't think of another musician that had that level of response you know and I remember my wife and I at the time talking about who else would it, like who who else would have that kind of response what other musicians we think of musicians and Bob Dylan of course was the first one that came up like mm-hmm. he's going to have whenever he does die like he's going to have that level of response I know though it's one of those things too where you know if Bob Dylan somehow manages to fade right off into the sunset which I don't see him ever doing you know no, like with celebrities who are 94 and you haven't heard anything have anything from them in 20 years yeah like people it's not as big of a deal like I'm just thinking Chuck Berry died not too long or was right. Chuck Berry Little, little yeah. Richard they both did Little Richard Little died. Richard was, was more, more recently yeah and that was one of those where yeah people were but no one's like mourning him in, in a big like dramatic way like yeah. he was great and he did great music we all appreciate that but he hasn't been super relevant or super on top of things for a long time no I mean Bowie is Bowie Bowie is in the, he's in the upper echelon with somebody probably like Mick Jagger mm-hmm. or Bob Dylan or you know Prince died not too long after. Well, yeah, he we'll did mention that, that too because that, that was a really that big, was an equally like or that was very close impactful. to big one. Yeah, um, but, but a lot of that was because Prince was fifty four years old when he died. You know, right, right. He was a young man and his he was young. His death was very weird. and very unexpected. It was yeah. very weird and it was Bowie is sixty nine, which isn't that young, but it's not that old either. No. And, and, and it was so completely unexpected. And he'd come back, and he had this huge comeback. He made this whole crazy great story of him releasing yes. this amazing, his best album in decades. Yes. And then dying two days later. Yeah, there's really nothing ever been like that. No, I know. The and the album is so, and we'll get into this more, but the album is so centered around death, and it's so like... Right, he was self-aware. Know, after, after the fact, you realize, you understand so much more about the album. Anyway, uh, there were so many responses, so many people, and it, what, what was interesting to me, I, I remember like... Right away, seeing somebody, my, one of my uh, friends on Facebook, 
and uh, she occasionally listens to the podcast. So just give it, give me a minute, Amy. Let me let me get through this whole story. Hold on, Amy. But posted something about you posted a picture of uh, a Bowie as uh, the Goblin King from Labyrinth. Sure. And I remember being like, oh, she's not a real fan. <laughs> Which I'm, oh, I'm an Amy. idiot. I'm an idiot, Amy. Okay. All right. Just let me get through this. He is. Yeah. And I remember thinking that because you know, I Labyrinth I think is a kind of fun movie, but the music's not great. It's not anywhere close to his best moments, in my opinion. Sure. But what struck me and what I kind of learned as went on is how many different ways Bowie connected with people. Like he connected with people. There's some people who are just mourning his music, and that was me, mourning his music. But those are people mourning mourning his movies, and Labyrinth in particular is probably his best known role. And thinking about him there, and other people mourning him for his fashion and his style and the way that he presented himself and his place in the LGBT world. Like, that was a big... And there were all these different facets to him and all these different places that people connected with him and came at him from different ways. And so when I kind of, like, processed this and realized this, then I, you know, realized I was an idiot for being mad about Labyrinth on Amy's page. Amy, you're right. You're right to have presented that. I presented it a different way. Way to go, Amy. But uh, it was just... It was interesting how many different people came out of there. Um, now... Whenever a famous musician dies, their albums go, you know, atomic. Things just fly to the top of the charts. And uh, this was no different. So Bowie, within the three weeks after he died, he immediately had the UK, he hit the UK top 40 like nobody's business. Except <laughs> he tied records, tied records. Yeah. Um, with like Robbie Williams. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 with Elvis. Oh, with, oh, with, oh, Elvis with, oh. For the most albums Ever in the top of, 40. Yeah. So in the week after he died, he had 11 albums in the top 40 in the UK. Jeez. And he actually topped, it was uh, second two or three weeks after he died, he had 12 albums in the top 40. Wow. So that, is, that tied the record of Elvis for having the most albums in the top right. 40 at the same time for the UK. Was that after Elvis died or was that in the 50s? I, I didn't whatever? actually look as to when it was. I don't know when it was. I wouldn't. Yeah. I don't know. Um, he had 13 songs in the top 100 for the UK. Mm-mm-mm. So that's pretty interesting. 13%. Black Star was the UK number one album for three weeks before being knocked out by the Best of Bowie compilation. <laughs> that's right. He knocked himself out of the, out of the number yeah. one slot, which is also a rare thing, and I don't remember. Yeah, interesting. That was the first time that it happened in 10 years or something. It doesn't happen very often. Uh, Black Star was Bowie's first number one album in the United States. That's right. He the did very not first one. The very first one to hit number one in yeah. the United States. Okay. He came close, but that was it in the U.S. The U.K. He had this is like his eleventh album in the U.K. Sure. And it peaked at number one in twenty-four different countries. Mm. Only. Well, you know, it's the combo <laughs> of releasing really your best album in decades yeah. and dying two days yeah. afterwards. Like it's the perfect storm. Yeah. There's it no really way is. that things that go at the top of the charts, baby. Well, it was there. Um, Bowie, you know. We're now in 2020. If you remember, 2016 was described by a lot of people as a, gar- a dumpster fire. Dumpster fire, do you remember this? Everyone was talking about how horrible 2016 was. Oh. Of course, they had no clue what was coming from oh, because 2020. Trump, because Trump got elected. And well, there's other, just a lot of things. And, yeah, and it started with Bowie. There were a lot of celebrity and, deaths and a lot of musician deaths in particular. It's yeah. been described by some as the year the music died, Jake. Not just the, the day. <laughs> the year the music died. Did it all die after now, that? No, Bowie was clearly, at, on you know, January 10th, he was clearly the first one. But I've got a list for some of the okay. other famous musicians who also died. Was Leonard Cohen and all that in there, Jake, too? just give me a chance. Sorry, 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 sorry. So here we got, are we going, going uh, you know, going chronologically here? Glenn Campbell? January 8th, no, no, Glenn Campbell did oh. not die in, 20, in 2016. Just guessing. Okay. <laughs> January 18th, Glenn Frey of the Eagles. Oh, yep, yep. 
January 28th, Paul Kantner of Jefferson Airplane. Don't remember that one. Mm -hmm. February 3rd, Maurice White of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Don't remember that one. March 10th, Keith Emerson of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Remember that. Yeah. Uh, March 22nd, Fife Dog of A Tribe Called Quest. Oh, I do remember that. April 6th, Merle Haggard. Yeah. Country. Uh, probably the Outlaw. biggest one, the other gig- most gigantic one was April 21st was Prince Died. Wow. That was the other really huge one. Like three and a half months So yeah, later. just like, yeah, three and a half months after Bowie. Um, then we actually got a nice break. Nice break from the celebrity desk for a while. <laughs> Great. But then November 7th, Leonard Cohen. Yeah. He was the other, I would say him, Prince, and Bowie were the biggest one. Because Leonard Cohen also was, like Bowie, die, was dying, you know, for a while. And mm-hmm. he released a death album that was really good. It's supposed yep. to be really good, too. That's right. Um, November 13th, Leon Russell died. Yeah, I remember. 11, uh, November 18th, Sharon Jones of Sharon oh, Jones and the Dap so Kings sad. died. That was so sad. Uh, December 7th, Greg Lake of King Crimson and Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. So that's wow. two-thirds of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer died. What's Palmer in doing, right? I don't know. I don't know. And, of course, on Christmas Day was George Michael. You gotta have faith, man. Who I don't, you know, personally care for, <laughs> but a lot of people, that was a big one, too. I didn't know you were such a big Emerson, Lake, and Palmer fan. Well, I'm not, but that's okay. <laughs> but I still didn't want them to die in 2016, No, I don't know okay? what say, but right? you, you singled out You're George so Michael. Fl- you singled him out, like, You're so uh, flippant. I don't know on George. Well, there's several other that I care about. You know, there's like three or four like of those that, of that I would consider myself a fan of. But, you know, that's not the point. These are, like, important musicians. Yeah, that is a lot. So. That's a lot. Um... What's interesting in all this, I mean, so the whole rest of the year, you know, obviously, but we lived for 10 days of 2016, but the whole year was about him, you know, like it was such a big part of what happened that year. Um, one of the most interesting things I think about all this and one of the most tantalizing parts of all this is uh, Bowie was working on another album when he died. Ooh la la. I don't know if you knew that. He I had, don't he had recorded at least five demos for a another album. So was um, he, I mean, in your mind, was he rushing to get this stuff done before he passed and I think he was thought, he just working steadily I was or? reading a little more about this because Tony Visconti because Bowie was, you know, was doing no interviews at this point like he didn't when his kids come back he didn't do any interviews he didn't talk to anybody yeah, he just he had, did what he wanted he had to he returned to his mystery and so his producer his longtime producer Tony Visconti has been described as his you know, voice on earth or something I think he described himself as that Bowie's voice on earth um, has said some about this because he knew about it for much longer because he was you know producing is Bowie like in late 2015 things looked really good like he was he was going through chemo he was in remission things looked really good and then they weren't good anymore like and that happened and it sounds like after things after the cancer came back it was pretty quick Mm -hmm. so it sounds like he thought he had more time um, than he actually did so he was still you know he was dealing with mortality he was doing cancer when he recorded this album but um, he was working on another one that's like one of my dreams is to hear those last five demos. Definitely. Speak. I don't know what happened. Definitely. When's the, uh, when's the 10th anniversary of that? Well, we got another five year. Well, 2027? 2016. 2026. 2026, 2027, yeah. yeah. Um, so tantalizing. As to what might have been, Jake. My mouth is watering. Well, I mean, I went through like a, a kind of denial period. I remember this. Like one, it's, This felt like it could be some kind of crazy art, you know, prank or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then when enough of his family comes forward talking about... The, it's like this. This would be really well, callous. This would be, be you know, horrible. This would be yeah. horrible. You know, this no, is not. You don't want to be the guy ever, that no. fakes their death, right? Exactly. So I got that. Even if you're Bowie. Um, we've got here, Jake. A couple more things before I give hand things over. All right. Uh, first of all, this is the first year you know that he was dead. 
Mm-hmm. So, it's the first year of Bowie's Fat Stats. Ah, uh, the, the inaugural I gonna, season. I was going to say long time, but it's not actually a long time. We've only had four years, you know, yeah. where he was dead. Like and one time. of them, the first one, I didn't, I didn't start the Fat Stats until his second one. So this is only our third time doing Bowie's Fat Stats. I always, wanted to, I always wanted to make a song for Bowie's Fat Stats, yeah. but, and I didn't do it. I know. <laughs> I know, Sorry. Jake. We can try to make one up right now. <laughs> Bowie's Fat Stats. Okay, well, that's pretty good. All right, we'll go with that one. All right, okay. So, Jake, if you were, I went pouring back through his news. I found a way to to, uh, to get to his old news files that are not currently on his website. They're still apparently hosted there. I stumbled upon this by accident. Like, that he put in, you know, the year after. Anyway, you can find all of his old news sources going back to, like, 1998. Yeah, we talked which about is that. The, I know, and I just discovered, I think it was on the 1998 episode. Um, so I went back, dialed it all back to 2016 and went through there. Um, and I told up all of his CD and LP releases from that year. Now, from 2016. From 2016. Okay. I had to do some guessing on some prices. Some of them I could find, some of them I could not. So I made my best guess when prices were not available. But if you were to get all of the CD and LP releases from 2016, it would cost you a cool $1,100. Oof, daddy. Boom. $1,100. Now, amongst those $1,100 worth of recordings... There were exactly 11 unreleased recordings this saw the light of the day. 11 individual tracks. 11 individual tracks, unrecorded, or yeah. un- unreleased recordings. Yeah. So we're not talking about remixes or yeah. about, but actual recordings, including, li- there were no live recordings of this. Oh, actually, there's one. Um, to get them all, if you just wanted those 11 unreleased recordings, if you were to get them all at the cheapest price in physical media, it would cost you $111.94. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's that per track? If you about were to bucks. get... 10 of them and not get that one single BBC track from the early 70s <laughs> we're bringing that down to a cool 32.96 okay so which is what I did that's what you did I did that oh I don't know if I bought anything else I probably bought some other boy that year I'm sure I did well actually I got yeah we'll tell you I got, I got the big uh, era's box set that year too but uh, I spent you know 32.96 on the 10 new new well new I'm gonna words. I'm gonna need that last track so Okay, well, you're going to need a four LP Bowie at the BBC box set. No problem. Tell me where to sign up. But not the CD version. It doesn't have it. You've got to get the LP version. Okay. I'm on. I have the CD version. <laughs> <laughs> I know you lay awake at night thinking, I need that last BB. Oh, this is so sweet. <laughs> How am I going to get it? Check. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Jake, let's, uh, let's end things out with the year and hair. Shall we? So Bowie's got kind of like a, there's a really amazing little like series of photos of him from his birthday. So this is two days before he died. Okay. Um, of him like outside his apartment. He's wearing this really sharp suit mm. and like a fedora, but looking at just rocking nobody's business. Swag. He looks so great. It's so good. Um, and it's showing up in a few different places. But I'm taking most of what my year in here from his music videos for his last two singles, oh, Black yeah. Star and Lazarus. They're both amazing music Wh- videos. Yeah, which I bothered to watch. Oh, and, and you did not waste your time, I friend. didn't, no. No, you You're don't great. regret that decision. Nope. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for telling me how I feel. <laughs> That's what I do. Uh, and the Black Star video, these two videos, he, he creates new characters for the first time in quite a while, where it mm. feels like these are like distinct new characters that are, I don't know if they're connected to, it's not the same way as Ziggy Stardust or something like sure. that. But he's definitely got at least three distinct characters in the Black Star video, and two in the Lazarus video, one of which is shared between the two videos. So, we've got him as this like bold leader, 
He's in through all these. His hair is cut. It's kind of that trendy high and tight where it's got shaved on the side yep. and longer on the top. Yep, yep. He looks but like still, David Lynch a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that because it's all grayed out. Yep. Um, and it's still pretty trendy today, but, you know, it's much more trendy then. So he's got this bold, like, leader where he's, like, holding this. He has this book with a, the black star on it. Yeah. Which looks like he looks like a preacher or something. He's got another one where he's kind of a, a I wrote down, charismatic charlatan. Mm. It's from the middle of the Black Star video where he's kind of like, you know, it looks like he's, he's trying to hawk something. You okay. Know? We got the, uh, the faker, I called it. The faker. Uh, this is from the Lazarus video where he's, he's wearing this costume, this black costume with these white stripes on it, very reminiscent of something he wore in a photo shoot for Station to Station back in 76. And he does some dancing. Like, so he looks like kind of a Bob Fosse routine or something, okay. you know, for a little bit. Okay. And he's also writing at this desk and, like, doing this very, like, over-dramatic, like, over, like, like he's fake writing or something. When was he uh, recording the videos for this? It was late 2015. Okay. And so it was when... During this supposed good period? Yes, yes. Yeah, which is also right around when Lazarus, yeah. the musical, opened. Was It opened in oh, right. November of 2015. Because right, those right, two right. projects are so closely connected. And then his final one is this kind of eerie uh, button eyes character where he's got this gauze yeah, all over his eyes that's and the one that I buttons. remember that's a very yeah very notable one. Oh yeah and that one appears in that both of the videos in my, in my and that mind. one's like it's become one of those kind of iconic his last iconic like vision is him in this gauze with the button eyes on it which is kind of cool so um, overall I like all of his it looks are very interesting he's wearing this kind of like ratty clothing and he's got in all of them and it's it's really interesting and really unique takes and unique looks, and uh, I kind of like his hair. I think he, I think he rocks it. I think he pulls it. I so, think he pulls too. I'm gonna give it a four point five. Four point five. Daddy. And with that, Jake. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna turn over. We should go from a somber note mm-hmm. to a more triumphant note, which is also kind of a. We picked 2016 as our last year on yeah. purpose. We picked it a long time ago, um, because it feels a summation in two very different ways yeah. of two very. I and I mean, so I won't say very different careers. There's a lot of similarities and a lot of differences between them. Yeah, I'd say different. I'd say more different than the same. Would you? I don't know. I think I would. Hard to say. Depends on your definitions therein. I think it would. Yeah, it kind of depends. I mean, they both came up in a classic rock kind of yeah. a way. So there's, those, those are definitely similar. But yeah, so we got, we got Bob Dylan in 2016. Um, not just hanging out and doing nothing, mm-hmm. but hanging out and doing something. Hey, good work, Bob. Several somethings. Good this, work. this is a kind of a three-part year uh, we'll start with the we'll start with the never-ending tour as we normally do. Well, actually, you know what we should do? We should put, we we need to like kind of shake. We need to shake it off. Wait, did the the never-ending tour what? end in 2016? Ah, uh, check your notes. Let me check my notes. We're just pandering to the the uh, studio audience yeah. right now. So apparently, our mother check. loves when Jake checks his notes. I mean, that's going to just take a while. <laughs> golf claps, golf claps. Uh, no, it didn't end in 2016. Oh, hey, good. Nope. Good to know. Nope. Good to know. Only a global pandemic can stop Bob Dylan. I'll tell mm-hmm. you what. Uh, so we're gonna go with the we're gonna go with the never-ending tour. Um, actually, though, you know, not to keep it somber, but he only did 75 shows. Oh, Bob. In 2016. So you're saying that Bob died in 2016 too? Well, basically, <laughs> he died on the inside. <laughs> He, he killed his fans' love for him. Well, he tried. That he was tries uh, every year. <laughs> that was 16 in Asia, except for this year. He's doing good this year. That's true. 59 in North America, and this is the this is tied for the fewest ever shows in the Neverending Tour so far. Whoa! Tied with 1988, which, as you'll note, is the, was the inaugural year of the Neverending Tour. So okay. he was really figuring out at that point. 75 shows, not nearly enough. 
We need to go 100, no. 110, 120, you know, something if like it's that. Out, if you know, if it't not over in 100, don't even bother. If it's not every three days don't for the entire bother. year, <laughs> don't even, just what, stay home. What's even the point? Stay at one of your multiple mansions in multiple <laughs> states. Uh, but the highlight, of course, of the, and, and, maybe, and maybe you'll remember this happening, the highlight of the never-ending tour for Bob was something called the Desert Trip Festival. Do you remember this? No, Does anybody I don't. remember this? I don't. Anyone? Anyone? Okay. <laughs> Studio uh, audience. It was in, nope. Nope. No hands. It was in okay. Indio, California. It was dubbed Old Cella because <laughs> by Stereo Gum, uh, the, the the online the online music site. Stereo because still around. the Coachella. Well, it was in 2016. No, was, I was wondering if it's. I guess it's 2016. I don't know if it's still around. I don't. Know. Uh, I haven't looked at Stereo Gum. Stereo Gum. StereoGum.com. They're not even a sponsor. Why don't you go check it out? I'll look at their own. I'm going. Um, also, you know, I know we're done with the podcast, but not too late for a sponsor. Let's get one. <laughs> Let's get one for our very last episode. Stereo Gum is still around. Great. Sounds great. Uh, the Coachella, the founder of Coachella put it on. Um, this is the one where all of the all of the, uh, the old rockers came together in one place. Uh, it featured the Rolling Stones, Paul McCartney, Neil Young, oh, man. Roger Waters, The Who, and my man, Bob Dylan. You know what that lineup needed? David Bowie. Not David Bowie. Right? We wouldn't have done that show. <laughs> <laughs> no, for good reason. I mean, it would have been awesome, but no. What does he, he need? He wouldn't. Have, he, need? he wouldn't have done that show. The Beatles. No, he would have done. He, he wouldn't have wanted to be with a whole bunch of old rockers. Yeah, he would have been a bunch of young people. That oh, I thought you had really a different. Know. I thought you had a different answer besides David. Bowie. Oh no, no, I was. I mean, they pretty like much lining it up to be David Bowie, but then like yeah. throwing you a curveball and saying no, David Bowie probably wouldn't have done this yeah. show. I'm even looking if he at, had been touring at the time. I'm looking at this uh, list, and this is all old white guys. The whole thing. Well, yeah, they could have. They could have. You know, thrown. Well, Bowie was an old white guy, but he still wouldn't have done it. <laughs> they would have asked. No, him. he was he not your average old. He would have said guy. no. Um, the attendees, it's, of course, it's sold out. Uh, oh, yeah. The the average attendees. I mean, a lot of old white guys wanted to see that. that yeah, absolutely, bill. they wanted to see themselves on stage. <laughs> The average or who attend- they could have been, <laughs> or the best version of themselves, <laughs> their dead dreams of. <laughs> and as they sipped on their one margarita, they said, "It's not too late." <laughs> but it was, it was. <laughs> I thought this was going to be not somber anymore. <laughs> I'm still. It was Charlie, still down you got to shake it I'm off. I'm still man. down there. Come Jake, on, okay? shake it off. I'm still in the third level of grief. Let's get goofy here, here. right now. Denial? No, denial was the denial. The first one. Sobriety? <laughs> well, that's not happening. I'm most of the way through this beer. Uh, this I should beer. know this. I work, I work in uh, hospice. Too bad. Anger. Right. I'm an anger. Whatever You're an anger. Yeah, you seem angry. <laughs> you seem angry. Uh, the average attendee who, who we just tried to talk about, they spent $1,000 on the weekend. Oh. That's, the, that's the average. You could have gotten everything Bowie released in that year for that much. Well, almost. Almost. You need 11 hundo for that. <laughs> All the attendees, uh, or excuse me, all of the all of the concert performers definitely went through the motions. They played the hits. I don't know. I couldn't find out how much they got paid. It must have been a buttload. Oh man! For all of them to be like, yeah, we'll go to <laughs> we'll go to something called Old Cella. <laughs> this is good for our image. Hey, I, I'm old. I I'm guess old. I'll do it. I'm old. Sounds good. Um, all the other. It was kind of a thing where, like, you sat around all day and you waited for one of these big acts to come on. Uh-huh. So it was only, like, two. It was only, you know, two per night. And Bob Dylan opened the entire thing. He played on, like, Friday night and then presumably, you know, took his bus and drove a thousand <laughs> miles per hour away from <laughs> Old Cella. Can we... 
Could we guess that Emerson, Emerson Lake and Palmer was was slotted in there, but, but they're didn't not big work enough. Out. This is all the biggest white rockers in history. Did they not, I wasn't sure if they had like some warm up acts that were you know like. No, there's no warm up acts. No, it wasn't like a ZZ Top in there no, just to like, was... get, get people all excited, you know. <laughs> no, ZZ Top is a Fleetwood band. Mac, you know, just to get get people all ready. Uh, Fleetwood Mac would have slotted in with they these guys. They would have been perfect. They would have. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. I think they were back in <laughs> Schilling. You know, whoring themselves out for the millions by then. <laughs> Barely not. They were they were the old cello bill. Come on. Oh man, Think they must that. not have got paid enough. That's probably what happened. <laughs> I've heard rumors to that effect. <laughs> Ooh, rumors. <laughs> they were being real witchy women about the whole thing. <laughs> oh, oh, the audience oh, is, is what's happening? Us, and it's entirely made up of our parrot. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting booed by one person. <laughs> All right, move along. <laughs> all right, moving along. Um, all the other, all the other uh, performers were like, oh, "I'm Sir Paul McCartney, <laughs> and I'd like to invite now to the stage, the Who." <laughs> and they all did this thing where everyone got together. Guess who didn't invite anybody else on stage? With <laughs> we know, know it's Bob Dylan. <laughs> it's Bob Dylan. <laughs> it's like, where am I? <laughs> Where's somebody, my check? Somebody put a guitar in my hand. I'm gonna play some songs. Uh, the only other, you know, really crusty white guy that joined Bob Dylan in being crusty and white was uh, Roger Waters. Yeah, oh, he's pretty crusty. He's very days. crusty. Yeah. Who, you know, if not slamming the rest of the members of Pink Floyd for Just what he does most of the time, continuing to be Pink Floyd without him. Sixty-five percent of any given day is slamming. Um, he very characteristically shredded Donald Trump, who at the time was oh. running for president and sure. not. Actually, our president in this dystopian world we live in, <laughs> and uh, and cited his support for Palestine in its conflict with Israel. Oh, controversial. So, take what you will Bold. with that. Yeah, he just went out and did it. Yeah, he just went out and did it. So that um, so that happened, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's the never-ending tour. Uh, leg two of our three-leg tour is Bob Dylan released a studio album in 2016. Uh, it's called. Fallen angels. Fallen an- Watch oh. out! They're falling. <laughs> I don't know. Get Watch out of out the way. Watch out for falling angels. <laughs> I'm picturing like a roadside. Like zing, falling <laughs> angels. Okay. Uh, so, um, so this follows 2015's Shadows in the Night. It's uh, yet a. It's the second. It's the second. Uh, it's the second leg of his Frank Sinatra covers of covers tour. I guess. So bizarre. I'm still not over this. one. No, I'm, I'm not either. And uh, I'll tell you in a minute. Um, Almost as good as Christmas in the Heart. Because. Almost. That's not true. Christmas in the Heart, way better. <laughs> Christmas in the Heart is a Christmas classic. <laughs> I'll ask you not to slander it anymore. <laughs> I will deny that request. Uh, in 2015, Shadows in the Night came out. Yeah. And when that came out, this was the first. This was the first edition of the the Frank Sinatra covers covers tour. It was very cool and interesting. It was unique uh, for Bob especially, and a definite change of pace. Um, Dylan had put out. You know, a run of really good albums since Love and Theft, um, culminating in 2012's Tempest. And I think at that point, even Bob was wondering where to go next. So he dipped into the, the old crooning American songbook before. So the Sinatra album was As kind one of... does. A, yeah, you know, if you're Bob, if you're Bob, you do that. So I think, and I think a lot of people think, that Shadows in the Night um, from 2015 was pretty inspired and different. Hmm. 2016's Fallen Angels, however could not be unique by definition That's true. because it was exactly the same as Shadows of the Night. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, if you, had, if you had slipped in a song that was from Shadows in the Night, I don't know that anyone would have noticed it necessarily. <laughs> Just put 
like the second half is exact. It's just yeah, exact no, just one. Place. I think he could have. I, I could have stuck one okay. in there, and you know, as somebody was listening to it to review it, they might have napped through that one song, mm-hmm. and then woken up and been like, ugh, 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 crooning. No. <laughs> Band sounds great. No. Sinatra did it better. Oh, uh, there's really for so with. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more in points, but uh, Fallen Angels, there's really no there there. It's just kind of. It begs to be treated with. There. It just begs to be treated with indifference, um, which everyone <laughs> That's a good did. Line, Jake, I like that one. Which everyone did when they weren't <laughs> weirdly angry at him for pulling mm. the same trick twice. Mm-hmm. There was some real vitriol out there. Mm-hmm. It was like, how dare you? You know, I wonder if Bob sometimes just wonders, what can I do to make people angry now? <laughs> what's you left? Know, I, I, yeah, what's left? I, I've been trying to get. I put on self-portrait. I've been trying to shed my fans for decades. Yeah, and it still hasn't worked. What can I do next? Yeah, how about two albums of uh, of Sinatra covers? How about a third one? It's a triple album. Well, that comes up in the next year. Twenty seventeen's classic we, album, which we triplicate. <laughs> um, three to, years, three albums. Uh, Boom. T- to me. <laughs> To me, uh, especially in hindsight, because I listen to this uh, again, you know, as I do for the for the research for this podcast, and I, it was stultifying. I was just like, <laughs> oh, stultified. I was stultified. <laughs> there's one, <laughs> there's one, there's one kick and track on it. Okay, Wait, and, and by that I mean one banger. And by the yeah, forties, forties <laughs> <40s> banger, <laughs> whatever that was back then. <laughs> Uh, yeah, one one song which really kind of kind of kicks it out, and the rest are absolute like mid tempo, slow tempo. It's news fest. Yeah, and the one song that I really know on it is "It Had to Be You," which I like that song. It's a good. Don't song. get me wrong. Yeah, you know, yeah. but you need to just there's ten too many songs on the thing, and I think there's ten <laughs> songs on it. <laughs> mm. um, so to me, in hindsight, I look at this three album cycle starting in 2015 with Shadows in the Night, and 2016 with Fallen Angels, and 2017 with Triplicate, um, as one of those as one of those repetitive jokes that's funny at first, then it's really unfunny. Then it gets funny And then again. it's funny again. It's like so, Family Guy. So Fallen Angels, or excuse me, Shadows in the Night, funny. I'm like, hey, this is mm-hmm. fun. Not funny at Fallen Angels. Yeah. Not funny. It's and like, then... And then followed it and up then with a triple L. And then hilarious with Triplicate. It's I've like got, I've got a lot of mileage from Triplicate. It's on the podcast. So here. funny <laughs> that he put out a triple album after all of this. <laughs> so uh, neither a novelty or hilariously audacious, Fallen Angels is the unfunny part of the joke. <laughs> so that's Fallen Angels. We'll give it points later. Uh, so all of all of everybody being mad at him over Fallen Angels, if they even cared at all, uh, between quickly vaporized, however, by the early October 2016 announcement that my buddy and yours, Bobby Dylan, had won the frickin' Nobel Prize in Literature. Yes. The audience is going wild right now. <laughs> so much clapping. Oh, bowing. No, waving. Oh, We're waving. Waving. We're not worthy. <laughs> oh, um, our studio album has expanded to two with the the wandering in. Oh, now he's wandering out. Oh, the wandering in of my son. Oh, my here he comes. Son. Hi, Arthur. He's waving. Hi. Oh, he said hi. Hi. Um, so, Mom, do you remember being shocked or surprised that Bob Dylan had won a Nobel Prize in literature? No. I was not shocked. You weren't shocked or surprised. Were no. you shocked or surprised? Do you remember that happening? 
mean, I'm like, I wouldn't say shocked. I was a little bit surprised that they actually did it, but not yeah. surprised that it was him that yeah. they did it with, you know? If they were going to do the it, one. Right. he's the one. He would be the one. It's like him or Paul Simon, but it's him. Well, yeah. You know? You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, and, and that's what I wrote down here. He had been nominated for years before that, uh, but the feeling was the nomination was the prize. It was like, oh, yeah. this is interesting. They're really shaking up I mean, the, yeah, I, I the know, academy have here. Have there been any other, any other musicians no. nominated? Have any been? No. I don't know about nominations, but certainly... But obviously no wins. The... Well, certainly nobody won. I know yeah, that. I don't know if anyone else was yeah. nominated. I think it was a story when he got nominated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they nominate people every year, and he had been, it had been several years that he continued to be nominated. Uh, Bob was shocked or didn't hear the news or whatever, <laughs> and he said nothing for an entire two weeks. He said not one <laughs> no word response. about winning the Nobel Prize. <laughs> Excuse me. Everybody else had plenty to say, and you'll never believe it, that they were PO'd. They were mad. Uh, Irvine Welsh, who, who wrote the book, uh, the novel Train Spotting, uh, that had an Iggy Pop song in it. Yeah. As a movie. The Passenger. Yeah. So his, uh, his cranky old, his cranky old take on it was, quote, I'm a Dylan fan, but this is an ill-conceived nostalgia award wrenched from the rancid prostates of senile gibbering hippies. Wow. <laughs> That's the sickest burn I ever Ooh. did here. <laughs> rancid prostates. That rancid is a bird. That's really evocative. Oh, man. You can he, see you why know, he's a successful He deserves author. the Nobel Prize for that. <laughs> they even won a Nobel Prize for sickest burn, right? Uh, let me check my notes here, but Irvine Welsh never won a Nobel Prize. <laughs> Bob did. You have to get a few more sick burns in but there. But that's you a, could. I mean, that's, of all the sick burns, it's a good I one. think we saved the best for last. Oh, that God. is an absolute. It's a gem. It's an absolute. It's a, tra- it's a national treasure. An ill-conceived nostalgia award wrenched from the rancid prostates of senile, gibbering hippies. <laughs> Whew. Wow. Man. It's hot in here. Out here, I should say. <laughs> out here. We're out outside. Here. We're outside it's, now. It's hot outside now. Uh, Bob did not Even know what to do. Um, Bob's management team did not know what to do. They kept asking him, are you going to write your mandatory acceptance speech? And he was like, I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, you can take your time. Uh, but then but then they were like waving a, you know, $900,000 check in front of him. Yep. And they were like, you have to do this. You already skipped the, the awards ceremony because you had, quote... Which was a big deal. Quote, per, uh, previous, previously existing commitments... Uh, that was in December of 2016. He skipped the awards ceremony. He's like, Can I, I do remember a- all of that, like yeah. all this, you know. Yeah, there was a whole this was, talk about him, like, yeah. Yeah, this is like a go. whole oral history. But he's not here. like, you know, making a bold statement about why he doesn't support this and blah, 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 blah. No, he just nope. like didn't say anything and just didn't go. I just did something else going on. <laughs> Sorry. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, what? I, I, Getting together with the friends at Chili's. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I can't yeah, cancel I that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I went home for once. Uh, but he did eventually write his mandatory uh, acceptance speech, which he turned in. He read on a video, and he turned in to the Academy. And which, as I recall, featured some uh, some work that was uh, familiar to, to other people. And by that, you must mean that he plagiarized some stuff. <laughs> well. Which he did. It was apparently, uh, padded apparently um, with quotes from Moby Dick. But if that wasn't enough, it was from an online study guide of Moby Dick. <laughs> So it was like oh, a cliffs, it was like a cliff's notes. You know version. what the most impressive thing is about this? What? That Bob knows how to use the internet. Yeah. Well, I have something else for you right there. Um, 
uh, he he has a Twitter account, which of course the first thing Bob Dylan thinks about when he gets up in the morning. Twitter. What should I tweet today? What should I tweet today? What is Twitter? <laughs> what are what's a computer? Um, I'm sure all those things pass through his head. Yep, every but his morning. Twitter account, which again, he runs all by himself, completely, <laughs> uh-huh. completely independently, mm-hmm. uh, was hacked and posted oh. posted a quote R.I.P. Britney Spears tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Just the sort of thing Bob always be saying. <laughs> he's like, he's like, Britney, we hardly knew you. <laughs> uh, there Please was a, tell me the Bob Dylan's going to deliver Britney Spears eulogies. It was a, it was a real quick controversy, but uh, but a very impactful one. Uh, people were like, "What? Bob Dylan's official Twitter feed." <laughs> So everyone thought Britney Spears was dead because of Bob Dylan for a sec. <laughs> <laughs> Which is excellent. Which is excellent. Um, he eventually received the actual Nobel Prize Award on March 29th, 2017, with three Academy members, and he demanded their no press be, uh, uh, be present. Uh, at which point they were probably like, presumably like, quote, you know, Mr. Dylan... You'll have to give that speech before June 10th mm. to get these eight million Swedish kronar, <laughs> and that's when he and that's yeah, when he sent it in. He, he tried to meet with them and be like, "Did I do enough yet to receive my <laughs> nine hundred thousand dollar check?" I'm like, no, Bob. <laughs> Still <laughs> here. Really clear. Waving it around. <laughs> you gotta give the speech. It's in the bylaws or whatever we do. And then he was like, crap. And he did that just in time. So uh, congratulations, Bob Dylan. Hey. Hey, you did it. You made $900,000 for nothing. Except a clear... Oh, except a life's work. Uh, except a life's work. That's fine. He makes $900,000 for that all the time. Well, that's true. I would imagine. Um, this whole thing, this whole cycle and this response is all very Bob Dylan. It's so classic. It's Bob so Dylan. classic. It's I mean, just... I don't know why they thought they'd just be like... This is let, let, more let us give you this award, this controversial award, and we'll we'll watch you hop up and down and like and clap and cheer or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, and write an amazing speech. The silence and, and the lack. It. Right. Just write on cue. Right. Yeah. And come to, to the awards ceremony. Hey, here's Bob Dylan. Uh, the silence and the lack of public appreciation and such. Uh, the cynical view is that he did what he had to do to get that nine hundred thousand bucks. Yeah. Without, with you know, doing the absolute minimum. Yep. Um, and he did do that. I'm not saying that he didn't. No. But I think did. the truth is that despite the money that he didn't want the Nobel Prize and he didn't want the attention that came with it mm-hmm. and he didn't want all of this controversy mm-hmm. surrounding, he didn't ask for this award. Yeah. It's not like I made an album, mm-hmm. you know, the Grammys will honor this because it's a music album. There was this was such a big hot water controversy yeah. at the time that it was. a musician received the Nobel Prize in Literature. Mm-hmm. And he had, he had literally zero to do with the entire thing. Right. So, um, the fourth thing that happened, that was already number three. We're really cooking here, Chaz. The fourth thing that happens, he released a box set that is not mm-hmm. a bootleg series. Oh. It's called the 1966 Live Recordings Box Set. This is a very slim, very trim, 36 CD box set. Jeez. <laughs> Of every single show that he played in Europe in the year 1966 during his famous... Right. Do you have this bad boy? I do. Can you can you scream Judas and let everyone know oh. what we're talking about Judas! here? Judas! Don't believe you. You're a liar. You're a liar. Um, this is... Uh, 
this is presumably some sort of copyright recording kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Um, Columbia it Studio. 50, it being 50 years after 1966. Yes. Yeah. It all adds up. It's not a coincidence, I imagine. Um, but they do release it in the United States, which they haven't been releasing these copyright things in the United States, mm-hmm. which drives me nuts. Anyway, um, it's it's all of the shows that he did uh, during the 1966 European tour. Mm-hmm. Um, some are, most of them are uh, soundboard recordings. So mm-hmm. those are recordings right off of the soundboard where they're doing all the mixing and the. So that's EQ. like actually good quality sound. Yeah. It's decent quality, it's not but like it, a bootleg. Type. It, emphasi- it emphasizes the voice a lot. So they had okay. to go back and kind of do a little work to bring up some sure, of the instruments sure. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, a small handful are professional recordings that Columbia meant to put out as a live album. Mm-hmm. That would have been, if they had put that out, it was the ones that were recorded in London. They would have been instantly Bob Dylan's best live album ever by like <laughs> a billion percent. <laughs> We've talked about this recently multiple times. Is how Bob Dylan's live albums are terrible. They're awful. We're going to talk about that in our next episode, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a handful are audience recordings, which means they are absolutely unlistenable. Like, oh yeah, those even, are awful. That's bootleg quality. They're not they're even terrible. worth putting. They're way yeah. less than. I mean, we're talking '66. Like, somebody had to bring in one of those, one of those awful scratchy little tape recorders and like tape it to their chest or something. Yeah, to their shirt because yeah. they were patting people down and all that stuff. Right. I imagine. I always imagine a big a guy in a trench coat with like a, a four track reel to reel. Yeah. Shoved underneath <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like I just had trouble with my dial lately. It's <laughs> <laughs> <He was> like. <laughs> And uh, so the set list kind of changes very little. Um, he definitely... What is happening over there? What? Nothing. Just keep talking. I'm making all kinds of noise. Uh, it's the half acoustic and half electric show. Everybody is mesmerized by the acoustic version, and everyone's outraged by the electric version. Um, and the joy is actually listening to all of them is uh, the stage banter. So some of the shows... You son of a gun can't believe it. I have to interrupt the program to tell you that Charlie just got his Bowie vs. Dylan t-shirt in the mail. The only one that exists. The only known copy. Let's see if his order is on time. Wow. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed I don't have one, Chance. What do you think? Is it as impactful as you thought it would be? Well, I don't know about the printing quality here. I think It's not real good. I know. I think it works for what we were trying to do there, but yeah, the printing quality is not great. No? It's okay, though. I'll wear it. <laughs> I'll take it if you don't want no, it. No, no, I'll wear it. I just said Jazz, it. Jazz, give it to me. Okay, shut up. Keep, All right. Keep podcasting. I don't know. Podcasting. Uh, you know, some of the stage banter for this is really fun. Like, he changes his strings on one of the shows for, like, 11 minutes. <laughs> and everyone's yelling at him, and he clearly gets upset. And he just continues to change his strings and tune his guitar. And he's like, would you what? Would you play if, if, if your strings weren't in tune? And they're like, yeah! <laughs> and then he just keeps tuning them. Bing, 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 bing. And he keeps, like, mumbling under his breath. And it takes a while. And everyone is getting, like, it's getting, like, a little uncomfortably contentious. And so that is, I think, we'll talk a little bit more in points, but I think that's it for 2016, man. And now we're taking a picture of the T-shirt that I don't have. <laughs> I'm putting it on over it's my... It's the exact same color as the t-shirt, the t-shirt underneath. Yep, exactly the same. This is really making me mad. It's like, I got go. Well, hey, Jake. Well, I'm, you know, pretending to wear this t-shirt on over the t-shirt that I already That's have how on. the kids are doing it these days, but... You know, probably. T-shirts on top of t-shirts. Let's, uh... Wait, we need a year in fro, Jake. Oh, yeah. Uh, year in fro. Well, 
So, I guess for the year and fro, we'll just make note of the back cover of Fallen Angels. Okay. Where Bob's sitting clearly at a bar, kind of a round table at a bar. Yeah. Um, with a booth behind it, it kind of looks like a 50s or 60s kind of a style joint. Sure. And he looks good. You know, he's wearing one of his Healthy. funny... He's wearing one of his funny little suits that he looks pretty good in. Mm-hmm. He's not wearing a hat, so the fro no is... No Stetson? No Stetson. Mm-hmm. No, he took a break from the Stetson to be mm-hmm. like a Frank Sinatra. Oh, sure. Yeah. Is it slicked back? That would be a big... No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I can only imagine. No, it's a big, wiry, curly... <laughs> gray, white, brown, uh-huh. black fro. Uh-huh. Okay, so that's there. But he's sitting next to a very buxom, very attractive young lady mm-hmm. who is in some sort of, like, mask. You know, like it's a mask party, maybe. Mm-hmm. But Bob Dylan's mm-hmm. not wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what's happening there. He's probably the guy who, like, was too cool to wear a mask. Like, you know, got the invitation, wanted to go, but he didn't want to dress up. Yeah. That's Bob Dylan at every single event. <laughs> that's, like, a metaphor <laughs> for his entire life right there. Including the Nobel Prize for literature. <laughs> All right, well, good. But he looks happy. He looks happy that he's sitting next to the attractive young lady. That's what we care about. Absolutely. So, go Bob. He was really feeling that vibe. I don't give points for the year and fro, but since it's the last episode, basically, eight million for the year and fro. Wow. So he ends up, in the end, being David Bowie. Well, you gave a million to one of Bob Dylan's year and hairs at some point. Maybe that plus, I don't know. All right, points. Let's point it up. Let's do it. Bowie. Uh, we're going to start with Blackstar, of course. His final album. Uh, is interesting because the reviews are split between those really? who review... Those re- well, in this way, let me let me keep talking. Clarify. They're split between those who reviewed it before his death and those oh, who reviewed it afterwards right, right. because he died two days after the album came out. Um, so basically, if you read a review and it gave it like an A-, minus, that was before his death. And if you gave it an A+, plus, that was after his death. Right, so it's good, but then it's, it's transcendent. It's, it's a great album, and then yeah, it becomes yeah. transcendent right. after his death. Right. Um, part of this is fair. Like, you know, it's one of those things in retrospect. I had no clue that you know, he, I remember seeing the Black Star video, which was you know his first like public appearance of you know in a, of sorts in a year and a half, two years since the last videos from Next Day. And I remember thinking like, oh, guys are getting old, you know. Yeah. Sure. He didn't look he old was. in the next day videos, but I mean, Old-ish. he also was. You know, he was 68 when these videos were shot. Uh, but well, of course, we didn't realize, and nobody seemed to guess. I never saw anything about this online. Anyone speculating really that he was dying? You know, he was dying yeah. when those videos were shot. That was total. Um, he'd total gotten, grown his hair back, but he had no hair for a while because of chemotherapy, mm. and so he had his hair back by then. Anyway, it's an amazing album, but but when you know like what he was going through at the time, it does add levels and it a adds lot more levels. to yeah. there's a lot of Bowie's lyrics you have no clue what he's talking about you know this is not an uncommon thing the song Black Star I still have no clue what that is about not beginning to add no clue what that song's about nothing but a song like Lazarus that is so I mean from the name down Lazarus being the person from the Bible that Jesus raised from the dead um, it, it's so evocative of what he seemed to be going for is this and, and, he, and to be fair he sings about death a lot throughout his career sure he does Bob Dylan does not but Okay. Just kidding, he does all the time. <laughs> okay. Forever. <laughs> Good. Got it. Um, but there's so many lines in there throughout this album that just seem like they're there about his death. And it's not, like, obsessed with death. There's, you know, there's a lot of levity. There's a whole song where he's singing in that made-up language from A Clockwork Orange. You're right, right. Um, which is kind of, you know, and there's some, fun, some funny parts around it. And there's a song called, you know, Tis Pity, She's a Whore, which is based on... I mean, the title comes from an English play from the 1600s. But uh, the first line is, she uh, well, she hit me like, she punched me like a dude. Mm. And she punched me like a dude. 
Like, there's some humor here, obviously. Sure. It's not meant to be super serious, but there's a lot going on. Um, it's an incredible album. It's very... There's a lot of jazz influence and jazz, jazz infused. It's a rock album underneath, but there is. He brought in this uh, quartet, the Donnie McCaslin Quartet. Donnie McCaslin had played on his 2014 single, Sue, in his season of crime, which he completely re-recorded in a very different arrangement for Blackstar. Um, and so it's got a very jazz influence. And what's this is another one of those kind of heartbreaking things is that of all of Bowie's different shifts and different, you know, different periods and different sounds, he started a new one on his last album. And it was yeah. a really exciting, really interesting yeah, one. He, so much inter- more interesting than the one... And not, the one before was good, but it was so much more interesting and so much more exciting than the one before. Mm-hmm. And we and didn't get to it. see where that was going, you know? Well, it's, I mean... It seemed to be pretty fully formed. We it was always oh, great. It's a great way to go. It wasn't out. some demo where he was like exactly. Or no, he w- he went out with a a yeah. bang, not a whimper. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the album won a ton of awards. According to Metacritic, it was the most it's the most prominently ranked album of the year for 2016. Mm. He won multiple Grammys, Jake. What? You know, I know you care about it a lot. <laughs> I do it won best alternative music album, best yes. recording package. Yep. Good. Best engineered album. Non-classical. Ah. And the title song won Best Rock Song and Best Rock Performance. Wow. I don't know the difference between those two categories, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. He won he both won anyway. the British Album of the Year at the Brit Awards. Yep. It was named Na- Album of the Year by AV Club, Mojo, Newsweek, Paste, Uncut, Village Voice, The Wire, wow. and appeared on who knows how many other Best of the Year lists. And appeared on multiple best albums of the decade lists. Yeah. This year in 2020 or yeah. 2019 when they did a bunch of those I believe lists. it. A cra- it's an it awesome one. And honestly, it's Tower Achievement. And it's a really awesome way to go out. Um, I consider it one of his top 10 best albums. Yeah. And I'm giving it a 3.5. Very nice. Uh, he also had one single in 2016 that was a posthumous single. The song I Can't Give Everything Away from. Blackstar is the last is the last track. Yeah, it's, the, it's the last track of Blackstar. Uh, came along with they made a video like a, a lyricish video. It was you know had nothing he had nothing to do with it after that. I actually not I like the song but I don't think it's an amazing song. The last two tracks on Blackstar slow things down a little bit. Yeah, um, they get a little proggy. Or they something. do get a little proggy and having the two of them in a row. Yeah, like is a, it's a slight problem to me. Yeah, if we had something different and only had one of those, I, I would probably have ranked the album even slightly higher. They're yeah. not bad songs, but they're not amazing songs. I'm giving this one a .5. Okay. Uh, one of the notable things, now we talked a lot about in 2015, he was heavily involved with a musical called Lazarus, right. which uses all songs by him. He came up with it, he co-wrote it, he picked the songs, he produced it, basically, and co-produced it, and was very involved with it from beginning to end, and it opened in late 2015. Um, and it's called Lazarus, which is also, you know, a song from Blackstar, and that song Lazarus is in it. It also was a sequel, a loose sequel to The Man Who Fell to Earth, the movie, well, the book, and then the movie he was in in 1976. Anyway, um, they recorded an original cast soundtrack for that. It was recorded on January 11th, the day Bowie's death was announced. Recorded? So was, they recorded so did it. Did they know at the they time? They found out when they got to the studio wow. that he had died. And this would have been planned for, you know, weeks or months ahead of time. This yep, was a right. complete coincidence. Right, this is a big thing. And so it adds something to the performance, these 
mean, I've read some stuff about that as the people saying, you know, how this felt to perform this on this day with yeah. him. Because he was heavily involved. They'd all met him because he came to the shows and he came to, you know, things and, and worked with them and everything. Anyway, the soundtrack was uh, released in late 2016. Um, Bowie was not real directly involved in the recordings, obviously, because he had died three days before it was recorded. But he, it came, the original, it came with a, a bonus disc. And the bonus disc comes with, uh, it's basically an EP um, featuring Lazarus and three other songs that feature on the Lazarus musical soundtrack, but are not, had not actually been officially released yet. So he had, really, he had already recorded his own versions of them during the Blackstar sessions, but they didn't end up on Blackstar. So those songs, original recordings by him, are featured on the second disc. This whole second disc was released in 2017 as its own EP right. called No Which, Plan. Yeah. The no Plan EP. You talked about that. We talked about it, but I didn't give it points in 2017. Oh. The songs came out in 2016. It was an EP. It just came attached to this other thing. Wildly confused. So I'm giving that a... Do I your thing. I know. It was stupid. <laughs> It's an EP that came out in 2017 <laughs> that came as, like, a bonus disc on the Lazarus soundtrack in sure. 2016. Yeah. I'm giving you points in 2016. You're speaking words. It gets a point. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Bottom uh, line. Bottom line. <clears throat> Bowie also came out with the Who Can I Be Now box set. This is the All second right. in a series of career-spanning box sets. It covers 1974 to 1976. Uh, they've done four of these so far. We're really hoping for a fifth one this year. But yeah, let's go. as of the time of recording of this, it has not been announced. Um, it features Diamond Dogs, David Live, Young American, Station Station, and Live Nassau Coliseum 76. Uh, it's actually, it also features the album The Gouster, which is an early version of Young Americans before all the tracks were recorded and with featuring some substantially different mixes of three yeah. of the songs. And three, it features three songs that didn't end up on the Young, on Young Americans at all. Um, it gets a point for me in deluxe and really nice because these boxes are super sweet. They have the full blown Japanese-style mini LPs. Mm. Oh, yeah. Gold. It's just the gold. gold oh, one. they're gold disc, yeah, baby. Yeah, no you reason, know but yeah. <laughs> there is a reason, Jake, because mm, <laughs> that's the reason. Gold discs. The reason is mmm. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. The unfortunate part of this one is there are so many different versions of the same albums. Yeah. There are two different mixes of David Live. A really, pre- I mean, the original mix is pretty weak live album. Uh, it's a, so they have the original one that was released in 1974, and then they have a remixed and expanded vision version that came out in the early 2000s. They have the Gouster, which is an early version of Young Americans, only features one track that is exactly the same, which is Young Americans, and then three songs that are different mixes, and three other tracks that are not new. They've come out as bonus six plenty multiple times. There's two different versions of Station to Station. One is a different mix. Uh, and so I, I got to take off a little bit of point for, for how much repetitive. Yeah, rep- yeah we here at Bowie vs. Dylan are not impressed by your different mixes of all no, the albums. No, Come we're on. not. So I'm giving it a point five. All right. The Gouster was interesting. I'm glad that yeah, was no, you, you got to have that. We didn't need two mixes of David Live. We didn't need two mixes no, of Station no, 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 to Station. No. Yeah, and when you're talking about the only the only novel thing on it is the Gouster, which is yeah. a cool novelty. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And then finally we have. Legacy, the best of David Bowie. That's Naturally, he died, so they had to release a cash yeah. grab best of absolutely the best of selection uh, compilation. Uh, the thing is, if you listen to the 2014 episode, I talked about nothing has changed. This yeah. compilation from that year, which, which you'll, you you'll remember was only two years before Ed. You said it was his best. The three disc version is his best. They came okay. out as a one disc, two disc, and three disc version. The three disc version is his best. The two disc version is like me. Anyway, they took the two disc version. 
took off two tracks, put on two tracks from Lazarus from uh, Blackstar, and released it again. It's almost <laughs> identical. That's yeah. all they did. Yeah. <laughs> they got rid of two songs and put on two songs from yeah. Blackstar to make it. That's right. To be like, hey. I'm not giving points for that business. Okay. That's we're not. Ours. We're not playing this game. We're not doing this. We no, all we're not wish doing this. that the three disc version of Nothing Has Changed had at least one song from Blackstar. Well, sure, don't we? Don't we Which all? sort of does, because Sue was re-recorded for it, but, you yeah. know. But you know, we can't have that, Jake. It didn't happen, so. We don't have it. So it's let's not dumb. pretend that legacy is what is needed and that it was anything more than a cash grab. It's not. It was a cash grab. Cash they grab. They grabbed their cash. They grabbed cash like they Bob. They stacked it. They stacked <laughs> their cash into cash stacks. <laughs> like Bob Dylan at the Nobel Prize ceremony. That's right, exactly. Just exactly. stacking that cash. Exactly. Anyway, we add up all yeah, those what do we get here? points, and we get a... Oh, I didn't record it. Hold on a second, because I screwed this up. I did. The 6.5. 6.5. I don't have 5.5, but I think I tallied those up before no, I remembered you, the Who Can I Be On. No, you should have You should have done 5.5. That's what it is. What? 1.5, 2.5, 3, 6.5. Did I give Who Can I Be Now should have a 1.4, the deluxe part of it. Oh, I'm sorry. You said it was a 0.5, but then... 0.5 for content. Got it. Plus got the it, 1 point it. for deluxe, deluxe You didn't make that clear. Deluxeosity, Jake. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I love delu- I love deluxe things. I know you do. <laughs> I'm good. I'm, in fact, I'm going to talk about one of them. Yeah, do it. Very soon I'll, here. I'll listen to it. Uh, let's talk about the uh, never-ending tour. Mm-hmm. He went on it. Um, it was his least shows of all. Um, he also went and talked about cash dra- grabs, desert trip. <laughs> oh, that uh, was a old cash Shella. Trip. Oh, baby. I mean, he grabbed that cash. He was like, can I be opening night? And he grabbed that cash. He wanted to get it done with and as quickly Neil as Young, possible. Neil Young's like, hey, Bob. And Bob's like, ah, I got to go. <laughs> uh, somebody's going to go. like, remember when you toured with us? He's like, ah, <laughs> I got to go. And Paul McCartney's like, oh, I know you liked all the Beatles except for me, but um, <laughs> if you would like to, ah, I got to go. I won't do it with the rest of the people, but you know the score. He was like, I'm out. My bus is... Meanwhile, Fleetwood Max calling him on the phone. He's not answering. <laughs> not answering at all. Fleetwood Max like, do you think even he should have done it? Even if he knew how to use his, his uh, cell phone, he wouldn't, he wouldn't answer. Yeah, and he was like, I'm not sharing any of my money with you. Don't come over here. <laughs> Uh, so that happened. So I'm going to give it a plus 0.5. Okay, cool. In, cool. In, terms of the, in terms of the old never-ending tour. Um, Bruce Springsteen on there too. Yeah, I bet Bruce was like, I'm not quite that old. Yeah, he might have been too. He cool probably for thinks it. he's a little too young and cool yeah, for that. Yeah, I could see that. Even though he does that kind of crap all the time. <laughs> Fine. Fine, Bruce. Uh, so let's do let's do the studio album Fallen Angels next. Yeah. Um, despite everything I said about it, which you know I I think maybe I was intimating uh, I intimated too much how crappy it was but it's not actually well, crappy you you intimated that it was bland and like it was you it's know, bland but it exists. sounds it sounds nice it's it's definitely one of those things where if you heard a song off of it on a playlist or yeah. randomly you'd be like oh that's nice because the band sounds great mm-hmm. they're a very versatile band they can do all of his crazy blues and rock and roll and stuff but they can also play you know really buttery like smooth versions of of all of these mid-tempo uh, jazz songs um, and it did go to number seven in the U.S. and number five in the U.K. Mm. So I know our musical distribution system was destroyed by 2016, but that's still not nothing. Um, and I just think it's the I think it's the absolute definition of a zero. It's like <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it, and there's nothing right with it. Mm-hmm. It's a plus zero or a negative zero, however you want to think about it. Actually, there are no plus or negative zeros. 
It's a mathematical impossibility. Isn't that That's right, right, Arthur? Yep. He's, he's nodding. nodding. Yep. He's nodding because he knows. Mm -hmm. He started nodding before I asked him. Um, he had two singles, All the Way and Melancholy Mood. I think these are both definitions of a zero. <laughs> I think there's nothing wrong with them, and I think there's nothing, nothing right, right with them. With them. Uh -huh. So both of those will be zero as well. Uh, let's move on to the... Oh, there was a... Uh, to go along with the 1966 live recordings, there was a standalone release of the real, quote, Royal Albert Hall concert. Mm -hmm. It was a two-disker. It was already released as a bootleg series, Volume 4, in 1998. It's mm -hmm. the exact same show. I don't know if they remastered it again, you know, almost 20 years later or not. Mm -hmm. That doesn't matter. So that's, that's, a, that's a nothing. Yeah. But the 1966 live recordings is a 36-disc box set that's placed oh, in this, this kind of uh, cube... Um, it's a big cube, and it's got one of those cool graduated tops where you okay, lift yeah. the top off. They call that something, and I never remember what to... Oh. It's, there's a name for it. The okay. It's an accordion or... Anyway, the top lifts off. There's a little. There's really not a lot to say about the booklet inside or anything like that. They just were like, here's all the shows. Have fun, everybody. <laughs> See you later. And I did have fun. I've actually listened to all of them except for the fan-recorded ones, which are not... There's no point in listening to those uh, whatsoever. Now, um, I remember at the time this came out, I suggested that you go on tour with Bob Dylan and that uh, on the dates, the, uh, the anniversary of the dates, <laughs> that, you, that you listened to him on those specific dates. Did you ever do that, Jake? Uh, yeah, I was on tour with Bob Dylan. He let me onto his bus. I was the only other guy on his bus. Me and Bob Dylan... And me pestering him about 1966. He loves that kind of stuff. <laughs> Don't let him tell you otherwise. <laughs> you know, Bob no, looks he, backwards. If he contrary says to popular belief, you, you just keep talking over him. Yeah. Just talk right over yeah, him. Yeah, he lets you do that. <laughs> he definitely lets you just talk to him, uh -huh. even though he doesn't want to hear what you're saying. Uh, and he definitely loves, you know, contrary to popular belief, Bob Dylan does look backwards sometimes. <laughs> they kept telling him, Don't look back, Bob. And he's like, I think I better look back. <laughs> Just kidding. He never looks back. Um, it's a really cool box set, but there's not—it's not a lot of super deluxe kind of stuff going on with it. Um, listening to a lot of the shows once is just fine. As I said earlier, the set list is not very, very often. Mm -hmm. um, the real delight is all of the kind of variations within the shows, and those are all well documented. So, if, for instance, you wanted to find that show that I was talking about, where he. He, he annoys everyone by changing his strings for 11, <laughs> for 11 minutes. minutes. You can, you know, pop that into Google and you'll, you'll, have, you'll, have, that, you'll have that at your fingertips. Um, and, I mean, it's, the music is, is very majestic. It's very cool. It just is kind of samey from mm -hmm. night to night. Sure. Now, some of this stuff is, a lot of it's unreleased, obviously, but there's some gems, you know, like the London shows that were supposed to be released as a box set are extremely well re recorded. And extremely awesome. You also get the, you also get in there the, you know, the quote-unquote Royal Albert Hall concert and all that stuff. So for all of that, I give it a plus two out of a possible plus three. Okay. You know, it's a lot to swallow, but mm -hmm. it's it's definitely worth having. This is one. Maybe you, you thought that I didn't get this because I wasn't going to. I was like, I'm not buying this box set because it was like 135 bucks or something. Still a steal for I know, but I ended up discs. getting it for like eighty bucks. Man, like the year it came out, I would get like three discs of Bowie for eighty-five <laughs> bucks. Well, you're gonna have Maybe to. Maybe four. You're gonna have to from now on. So I give that a plus two 
Um, the only other thing that got points was the NET, so his year was a plus 2.5. I guess you don't get points for winning the Nobel Prize that you don't want. No, you don't. No. Mm-mm. Nor did Bowie win, get any points for winning all the Grammys he didn't want. Well, nobody gets points <laughs> that for he, Grammys. That he refused to, uh, the Grammys are to price. pick up in 2014 when he last won. The, the Grammys, Grammys are prize enough. <laughs> Okay, so, so ladies and gentlemen, yeah. what are we doing we next time? We have one episode left of our like main run. We're figuring we'll probably end up doing a couple specials out there now and again, but we have one episode left of our main run. Amazing. It's going to be a summation, a celebration. Mm-hmm. A stagnation. Um, a stagnation. <laughs> <laughs> a proclamation. Um, a Bowie and Dylan nation. Yeah. Bowie versus Dylan nation. That's right. Which our nation is now because of this podcast. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. We'll all wear our t-shirts. Just kidding. Only Chaz will. Only me because I'm the only one who has one. But it's going to be great. So join us for our 64th and final regular run episode of Bowie vs. Dylan. Right. Looking forward to it and looking forward to you. I'm Charlie and I like Bowie. I'm Jake and I love Dylan. So long. Bye.